I'm Lindsay, mom of two active boys on the West Coast and believe there's no reason for money to be ugly. I love helping busy moms make it pretty without using cash envelopes or coupons. And I'm Megan. Me and my husband, we have four kiddos and I relate more to the dad role than the mom. And I'm an HGTV loving, oversharing finance nerd. Together we host the Money Stuff with Moms podcast. We understand the hashtag mom life but we also can appreciate the big picture adulting responsibilities like money. In this podcast, we invite you to be a part of our no fluff, fun conversations that will give you helpful on the go finance tips. Hey everybody, welcome back to Money Stuff with Moms. I'm Lindsay, I'm hanging out with Megan this morning and we're gonna talk about something that obviously have a very close connection to money um but uh but also not so uh, we're talking about math today and I would love to start by asking you Megan if you're good with math are you a math person I feel like I am a math person yeah what makes you say you're a math person what gives you the confidence to be to say such a bold statement <laughs> um I just feel like numbers are something that come natural to me I'm comfortable with them um I can do math in my head <laughs> I don't know the smarty pants I've always I've always thought that I'm more of a math person than a word person so like Sometimes when I'm struggling with creativity, I kind of lean on that crutch and say, like, I, I'm not coming up with good ideas for this because I'm a numbers girl. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know what I am. I'm not a math or a words person. Um, I, <laughs> I, I don't know. Is there a room for like a wine person? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I am. <laughs> I'm i I'm, I'm a balance of, of both, but I am not a numbers person um, doing my taxes and I don't do my taxes. What I mean by that is talking to my accountant about the numbers to plug in for my taxes um, rattles me. I have this experience talking about it rattles you. Yeah. Mm, fascinating. Yeah. Um, I get, I get, quite overwhelmed pretty easily with uh, too many details. And so when it comes to taxes, I just find like there's so many numbers, there's so many details. Um, they're not necessarily all that complex. It's just the amount of details, like the amount of decimal points I see hurts my brain. <laughs> okay. And people always think that I'm good with numbers. They yeah. think I'm not. I thought you were a numbers person. Yeah, no, no numbers over here. And so I think that how we feel about our math skills as we get older turns into how we feel about our money skills. Oh, interesting. So this conversation came up. Um, Graham and I went to a workshop that um, our school held. Um I say that a little bit tongue in cheek because I'm the PAC president and I put it on. And then I, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, 
Uh, so, did a workshop that you organized and booked. That's right. Yes. And um, uh, it was on, we called it new math for parents. And so it's a local educator who has games and lessons for teachers to teach their students. Um, she does a lot of like professional development stuff. Her name's Nikki Lynham. Her company is uh, Educating Now. And uh, if anybody wants to check her out, she's got lots of really awesome resources. We'll we'll put, put that in the show notes for you. Um, and, uh, and anyway, so it was this new math workshop. Um, and if anybody has children learning math, you've probably noticed that how math is taught is a little bit different than how we learned it. Um, how we learned it was a lot of memorization. And what I gather is that the idea now is they really want the kids to be able to figure out the logic themselves. Why do those numbers work together that way? How do I come to the answer um, without just memorization? Mm. And, you know, she had some really, really neat things to share. Um, I'll, sh I'll, I'll share some of the kind of interesting ones later, but the biggest, one of the, my biggest takeaways is she asked us to put up our hand if we were ever um, given a, like a timed multiplication quiz. And almost everybody put up her hand. Like it was, it's such a standard test that so many teachers use of, okay, we got five minutes. How many of these multiplication questions can you answer? Um, and my eldest is in grade five. He did a timed multiplication test the very next day, um, which was uh, interesting timing. And, and so we all put up our hand that we had done this timed multiplication quiz. Um, and then she asked you to put up your hand if it was enjoyable um, or like how, how it affected you, right? And most people did not enjoy that experience. They felt that they couldn't do it fast enough. They were embarrassed because their friends did it faster than them. Some of them really enjoyed it. Because they were probably good at it. Because they were probably good at it. That's right. They were the fastest one in the class. Hey, Megan here. I don't mean to interrupt the episode, but I just wanted to pop in and say how grateful Lindsay and I are to have you choose us to be in your earbuds today. If you have a quick second, we will really appreciate you hitting the subscribe and leaving us a five-star review. It really helps us promote our podcast more than you know. Now on to the rest of the episode. And we quickly realized that that experience had given many of us in the room this like math PTSD and this story about ourselves that we weren't good with math. And she said, there's no equation in math where time is a factor. The equation works out if you do it fast or if you do it slow. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with time. And, and so often teachers are adding in time at a detriment to their students. I think they're probably adding time to try to gamify it. Totally. I would think so too. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that experience. And because I was good at it, uh, it almost like motivated me to be better at it. And it almost absolutely. like, because 
and like the people that I noticed were close to answering at the same time as me, they were like my competition. So it was like, I did it. It's, I find that really interesting because I can also see the spectrum of if you're really good at it or close to being one of the best at it, being, feeling motivated to be like, I'm going to beat, you know, Lindsay this time, I'm going to beat Megan this time. Or if you're on the other end of the spectrum where you were the last one or close to the last one, feeling like this doesn't feel good. This doesn't, I'm not good at this. I don't want to play this game. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to play this game. Right. And, and to, you know, her point that speed doesn't make you good at math. It makes you fast at math. Mm -hmm. It doesn't change the equation. And so in that scenario, I mean, I'm sure there's lots of scenarios in school that can give us math PTSD. Um, but in that particular scenario, uh, those who are the best and the winners, they don't necessarily know it any better than the slow ones. For some people, it takes them a minute to think about it and then get that answer down to their pencil. Um, and, and so I mean, and, and her perspective was like, if it's working for your particular students, then don't take it away. It's not like it's bad and wrong. Um, but uh, but the whole premise of the conversation was around math PTSD and how we, we begin to start saying, I'm not good at math. I'm not a math person. I'm not a numbers person. And she said, you know, as adults, that is a really common thing to say. But what's not common to say is I'm not a words person. I'm not a reading person. I'm not good at reading. Nobody says that. I'm not saying that there aren't people that are not proficient in reading, but like, that's not something you're not like, Oh, I'm not a numbers person. Or, sorry. I'm not a words person. Um, so if we can learn one, we can learn the other. And I just saw such a correlation to having this impression of ourselves that we're not good at math and how that translates to us being not, you know, air quotes, like not good with money. Mm -hmm if we feel like we can't even do the math because of some timed multiplication quiz where we didn't do it fast enough, here we are as adults not investing because we feel like we're not good with math. We're not good with numbers. And there's no such thing. It's just practice. Um, yeah, that is fascinating too, because when it comes to investing, there's no wrong time to start. So you're not behind. There's no wrong time to start. Today yeah. is the perfect time to start. Yes. So it's okay that you don't, like like in the math, if you consider yourself, I'm not a math person. I'm using air quotes here now that we've decided that there that's not a thing. Yeah. That you are an investing person. You just haven't done it before or maybe you haven't been as quick at it. Yeah. But you can start at your own pace and you can start now. Totally. And even for those who had started before and they made a, uh, I don't know, I was going to say poor. That's not the right word. Like a less than ideal, less than ideal or unlucky investment choice, right? Like there's no wrong time to start. There's no wrong investment. I mean, there's scams. <laughs> there's some ones that are, that are. We should do an episode on those. Let's do it. That'd be awesome. We need to, we need to help protect because I have seen in a lot of Facebook groups chatter about 
you know, someone's like, I'm considering doing this. And then in the comments, people are like, scam, scam, be careful, be careful. But had they had not reached out for like validation, they yeah. would never, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, there's some, uh, yeah, there's some investment choices that maybe you shouldn't make, but there's not very many wrong investment choices, right? Mm -hmm. Like the people who invested in some, you know, penny stock and it went through the roof. Well, they, they might, that might've been a poor choice in terms of how much research and knowledge they had about the investment, but maybe a bunch of money. So to tell them that that was a bad, <laughs> the wrong choice would be a little bit crazy at this point. Um, and I just think that, you know, realizing that you are a money person, you are an investment person, you are a numbers person, you just haven't worked the muscle, you are maybe, you know, you're just not confident in it. Um, but it's like a baby saying I'm not a walking person. Like, no, <laughs> you are, but your brain is capable. You are way smarter than you think that you are. Um, and for moms, especially, I always have my clients, you know, give me a list of all of their accomplishments. And one that I added to my checklist this week was, have you cooked a turkey dinner? Um, because if you have cooked a turkey dinner successfully, actually, maybe even not successfully, if you have put together a turkey dinner for a group of people, you can, you're completely capable of investing. Doing the turkey dinner is so much work and coordination and planning you have the skills to do that. So <laughs> you can, you can invest too. You are a numbers person. So if you had a math teacher that asked you how quick you could do it, if you left school with math PTSD, um, throw that out the window, give yourself a pat on the back um, to, uh, to gain some confidence and become a money. Thanks for spending your time with us today. If you heard anything that piqued your interest, check out the show notes because we probably have some extra deets or links down there. Your homework for today. Go talk to someone about your money. Either your spouse, your kids, your coworker, or a licensed professional. And if you don't like those humans today, we're always talking in Lindsay's Facebook group, Black is the New Red. So join us over there. Head over to Facebook, type in Black is the New Red. You'll see so many amazing like-minded individuals in there trying to get better, asking the right questions, supporting one another. We look forward to hanging out with you again on your next dog walk or while you watch soccer practice from the sidelines. Cheers. <laughs>